Hi, I'm your host, Aaron, and welcome to the First Generations Podcast, the show where we dive into the personal experience and knowledge of individuals that pave their path to success on their own terms. From entrepreneurs, professionals, and beyond, we will learn what it takes to walk through their journey and what it means to be first generation. Coming up in this episode... Because guess what? Based on life circumstances and the ratio of what will happen to what could happen, 80% don't care. 20% are glad that it's happening to you. And in the end, if no action on your part is taken, nothing will occur in six years. It's all going to be the same if you don't change. So action is necessary. If you want nothing different for your life, don't do anything different. But if you want (laughs) change and you want to get to the necessity, you have to determine first it's possible that you can because you have to convince yourself first. Welcome to the First Generations Podcast. Today's guest has an incredible story that will leave audiences captivated and inspired. Born to immigrant families from Nicaragua and the Netherlands and Florida, his life was pinned by a diagnosis that led to overcoming it despite facing down cancer in four different ways during his life. At the age of 24, he launched his first corporate business that was successfully making 300 k per year in revenues before turning to public service to become a firefighter slash paramedic. He brings a wealth of knowledge, expertise, and nothing to lose, everything to gain, never quit, stay positive attitude that flows through his life and into his business ventures. Our guest is a retired firefighter and nationally registered paramedic and mentor to cancer survivors. His love of the nature and the outdoors has led to his becoming a PADI, a professional scuba instructor, entrepreneur, and USCG master, 110 licensed charter fishing captain. He now manages a private yacht program, but maintains a professional author, speaker, consultant, and media business on how to be successful with a positive mindset. He is also the host of the Ready, Set, Live podcast that focuses on your purpose-driven potential. I am proud to present you our guest for today, Captain Rex Whitcap. Hi, Rex. How are you doing? Hey, Aaron. Wow, that was a pretty great intro, man. I, I appreciate it. I, I did, for a minute, I didn't think you were talking about me. I said, like, that guy sounds pretty cool. <laughs> oh, I, I think, yeah, that guy is really cool. <laughs> Thanks for having me on, brother. It's good to be on. Thank you for coming on. And to start things off, like given our current situation, what are you most excited about in your life right now? You know, the the state of the world has affected so many people in so many ways. And I'm most grateful for probably, you know, my health and obviously my family, um, my career path and just so many blessings that have been shed on my life. And I just I'm grateful for the ability to be flexible, uh, most of all. And that's really what's important during these challenging times that we're that we're all facing. So I'm grateful for that. That's great to hear. Now, when you said flexible, would would that also interpret as having the freedom to do whatever you want? Really, in terms of where we're at right now in the the modern COVID era struggle that everybody is just over it, you know, just done with. It just feels like we're all in a hole, right? Mm-hmm. And there, the hole just keeps getting deeper as as hard as we're trying to scratch out to the surface and get out of it. And it just doesn't seem like there's any end to the struggle. But by by being flexible, it means you know, if you ever heard the, the the saying, do more with less, well, you have to do more with less these days. You have to do what you can with what you have from where you're at. And being flexible means doing just that. If you have lost a job, if you have changed careers, if you have decided to do something else, if you've been forced to do something else, it's really a blessing to understand that the universe is giving you a gift. 
being flexible is one of the most valuable traits that you could have, especially right now. So if you've done one thing your whole life, it may be time that life is telling you to maybe try something different, maybe be flexible, maybe stretch and grow your skills and your capabilities to be able to adapt in this new environment that we're in. So that's, that's really what flexible is these days. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And you know what? Speaking of flexibility too, in over 35 years, you've been in 10 different industries. And I, I kind of want to first, I guess, dive into a couple of your professions. But as a child, was there a specific career that you wanted to pursue? Oh, I wanted to be a fighter pilot. <laughs> a fighter pilot? I remember, I remember the first time I was ever asked that question, my grandfather, right? Okay. Uh, yeah. As we call him, Opa. He said, uh, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I, I thought about the first thing that came to my mind, I want to fly an airplane. You know, if I'm going to fly a jet fighter airplane. Yeah. Uh, I, years later, I, I always like look back and I say, wow, that would have still been pretty cool. And I don't think they would take me now at my age to, uh, <laughs> to go through the training programs. But, you know, that was really just like a child and boyhood dream. Everybody wants to be something special. And, you know, you look forward to what the great things are in your life. And as you're a kid, you always stretch for the coolest jobs. You want to be a doctor. You want to be a lawyer. You want to be a fighter pilot. You want to be a fireman. And, you know, I checked one of those things off my list. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> you know, where, where you uh, go in life, it really just boils down to uh, a few things. And, you know, one of which is the surroundings that you're in and, and maybe the situations or opportunities that open up in your life. And 35 years and, and 10 different industries, at least, you know, and I say industries, I mean, you grow up and you have several jobs as a kid. You know, you, I started off delivering newspapers as a kid and then I worked at a bakery and then I worked at a, a grocery store chain and going to school and going to college and then working different odd jobs just to put myself through college. Those aren't really career paths. They're just jobs to get through schooling, right? But after college, I, I was in medical sales and then I had to use my degree to, to further my, uh, my understanding for paramedicine. And then I joined the fire service and I became a paramedic fireman did that for a decade. And that was after owning my own business. I've always had the entrepreneur mindset in my in my spirit to go out and grow my life according to what I can is I felt something different. And this aligns with your, your podcast, First Generations Podcast. I felt like if, it do, if it's up to me, if it's going to be, it's going to be up to me. And to be the first one in my family to get success or achieve success, I had to define what success really means. And all these industries that I've been in have led to a, a greater understanding of how to achieve success in a way that means the most sense to the skills that I have and the desires that I want. So that's a little bit about my background and, and your question there. Yeah. You mentioned about success and how you've gone through different industries, right? So I'm sure there's probably a time where in your mind... Your mind probably had conflicting ideas of, oh, should I take the first step to transition out of this industry and into a new one? So during those moments, what made you take that leap of faith? Well, sometimes the steps that are before you are laid out before you have anything to do with, right? Like a, a forced change. You know, for yeah. me, it was pinned by a cancer diagnosis in my early 30s. So I was making a, a lot of money in a business that, uh, that I've created. I started a business out of the trunk of my car and I grew this thing over a 10-year period into a monster. It, I mean, $300,000 in revenue. It's not a gigantic company, but for me as a one-man show, I had a lot of work coming in and it was to a point where there was just no way to take it to the next level without growing it massively. And I was stuck in that middle-level struggle 
And that may have led to, you know, being pinned by diagnosis because of the stress and the eating habits and uh, those things that came into play, part, you know, partly genetics. But that point in my life defined what the next step was going to be. And at, at the time, I mean, I started chemotherapy with my laptop trying to put business deals together for sales, you know, forty, fifty thousand dollars a month sales. And uh, by the end of it, I never touched my laptop. I was reading a book. I was teaching myself how to sing and play the piano, play guitar, write music. I was doing things for a sustainable survival mode condition to order to get past that next step in my life. Ten days after that, I uh, joined the fire service training program to be able to get into the fire college to be able to start my way into my next career. So sometimes those those career changes happen at a junction that you cannot, you can't help, you know? So, and that's where the, we're going back to our earlier point of being flexible. That's where it's most important to be able to understand what can you do from here, all right? Because when life rains on you and it rains on everybody, it's not how, it's not what you're going to, what, what happens to you. It, it's what happens within you. All right. And that, and that goes for every challenge that every one of your listeners has ever faced or will face. They have to set their sail because the wind blows on all of us. And it's just like Jim Rohn, one of my mentors said, it's how you adjust your sail. And that's according to how far you're going to go in life. So it's really about perspective and mental strength. Oh, yeah. And I find that life has its very interesting ways of working things out for us human beings because we can have things planned. But again, it's like if it never goes according to plan, sometimes it never goes according to plan, but it still works out, but like through a different lens, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. I, I heard somebody it's much smarter than me say that if you ever want to make God laugh, tell him your plan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it, it, it's really, you can, you can design your plan, but in the end, you know, there may be a higher calling on your life. You know, there may be a bigger purpose for your identity, your purpose here on earth, you know, where you come from, where you're going, what you're going to end up doing. What impact are you going to have? You know, are you going to have impact? And I believe everybody has a potential, a massive amount of potential to have impact on other people's lives. They just may not have understood their value. And part of, of growing through my careers is understanding where my value is and how I can help help others see the value in themselves. Ah, oh, I love that. You mentioned like you were in the fire service. Do you ever miss that? Because right, you're a retired firefighter now, right? Every time I hear a siren, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's it, it, it's it just becomes part of you. Um, I, yeah. I do miss that and being on the truck and working with the guys and and girls and and having uh, dinners around the. Uh, we call it so, uh, solving life's problems around <laughs> the dinner table because we would eat together. And yeah, uh, that's something special that you shared and, it, and going home safe at the end of the shift. I miss all that. Yeah. Okay. So if I was to ask you, like, what is one of your biggest takeaways from being a firefighter? What would that be? Or one of the biggest lessons you've learned from being a firefighter? Oh, really that there's three components to the human being. And uh, that's your, your mind, your body, and your spirit. And each day you should work tenaciously at developing each of those and somebody that's really smart book smart may not have a physical capability or somebody that has a physical capability may not be smart in the ways that you know is intellectually required to be able to deal with people communicate work with others you know share good uh, work ethic values and things like that but then you have to have the third and most important component and that's developing your spirit and there is a higher power i believe in, in a higher power and i do believe that it is most important in whatever career field 
that I have chosen because I've developed a, a sense of awareness towards that and uh, defined my own version of success through being the first generation that you know, in my family that have that has achieved this level. So I'm thankful for that. Uh, yeah, that's awesome. Another area of your careers that interests me a lot is you're a ship captain and you're part of the U.S. Coast Guard. And on top of that, you're also an open water scuba instructor. So you mentioned you wanted to be a fighter pilot when you were young. How did you get introduced to, you know, sailing and the open seas? Because I know you are located in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, right? Yeah. So just to be clear, I'm not in the Coast Guard or part of the Coast Guard. The okay. Coast Guard is the regulatory agency in the United States that issues licenses for uh, for captains that want to pursue a career in, in maritime activities for charter okay. or for hire for things like that. So it's a credentialing authorization body that issues licenses. But yeah, my love of the ocean goes way back. I mean, I learned to swim before learning how to walk when I was a kid. I had a pool growing up. I never had a boat, but I always had friends that had boats. And so for me, the love of, of being on the water started at a very young age. And then, you know, growing up with friend, the right circle of friends and being certified, going on dive trips, and then eventually redoing all my certifications and going all the way through dive instructor. And that was partly due to my location being transferred to uh, Guam in the Western Pacific through the fire service. And so we had a position that uh, over there, I was working as a paramedic and I worked at the firehouse during the day. And then at night, uh, the next day I was off, but then I worked uh, on all my scuba training. And so I would dive and work and dive and work and dive and work. And, uh, and then after a year of that, I was already through a lot of my certifications. And then I came back and started a business to teach people how to scuba dive. And then, uh, and then that led to buying a boat and buying two boats and running charters and then working on my credentials for fishing and for, uh, for maritime use. And, uh, that just developed a, a, a further passion for being on the water, which led to a move to the Florida Keys and now eventually down in Fort Lauderdale. Sounds like you have a whole fleet of boats then. <laughs> well, no, no, no. I, I personally don't own a boat anymore due to COVID. Okay. I sold my boat. I had a, a charter boat down in the Florida Keys. And yeah. again, you know, life has its own, his own, situations that'll define how flexible you can be. So when it was time to sell the boat because of COVID, it was time to do something else. And, um, you know, really it, it became a, a, a decision to do what was natural and that's continue on with my certifications on the water and then uh, make a life and a career out of it just because it's a passion. It's not something I wake up to have to do. It's something I want to do. Oh, yeah. Now, kind of off topic, what is your favorite area or place you've gone scuba diving? Guam is at the top of the list. Guam, uh, just the good. historical uh, value for the dives is is just an amazing you know thing. Where else can you see World War II wreckage? You know, next to World War One wreckage yeah. uh, underwater. Um, so you know, just snorkeling on the beach, you can see coral encrusted grenades in in the coral. You know, it's it's just an incredible place to to dive just because of the historical significance. But yeah, I'd have to say Guam. Florida Keys yeah. also has a special place in my heart. That's that's good to hear. And personally, I'm I'm a huge fan of the aquatic of of aquatic animals and the ocean as well. Unfortunately, I don't I no longer live by the coast. But I'm surrounded. I'm 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 in the prairies right now, surrounded by a bunch of wheat and cattle. Yeah, that that is super awesome. Now I kind of want to dive into you know your beginnings as a motivational speaker. Was there a specific moment in your life that had helped you decide that you wanted to be a motivational speaker? Yeah, I can, I can relate this to some, some decisions I made in the fire service that were really making me aware of, uh, where my growth was, where my potential was, how my, my love to serve others and, you know, where the opportunities lied and, and, and did not lie in that career field. And, uh, I decided that 
if I could invest more and more time developing myself, I, I should stop, you know, trying to change people. And it was a real wake up moment where I had been up for a board promotion on a certain uh, rank advancement and feedback from that process told me and allowed me to understand that I really have to work more on myself. So it's always about self-growth, getting better, finding out what your strengths are, finding out what your weaknesses are and build with what you have from where you're at. And so I I went into the books. I turned off the TV. I shut off my cable. I started to go into a, a headlong three, four year development process where I wanted to understand what was the purpose of of me changing careers? What was the purpose of me being in the right place for the right time for the right person in order to change their perspective on lives? And um, there was one time specifically going through my cancer diagnosis that I remember that really defined why and, and who I am to be able to build the purpose for my life as a, as a motivational insight and uh, effective, uh, you know, speaker and motivator for others. So when I was a cancer survivor, I was also a fire, just before I was a fireman, those stars aligned with a nonprofit called the, the Firefighter Cancer Support Network. And I reached out to them. They reached out to me. I was able to help mentor other uh, fellow brothers and sisters that were cancer survivors at the time with their own, and help them with their own diagnosis. And it was felt uh, my way of, of giving back through what I had gone through to be able to mentor people. And then that became, you know, I really like this part of mentoring people. When I went through cancer, I went to a cancer support group meeting and I expected all these people in a room to build me up some sort of, you know, I don't know what I was expecting. I suspected a room full of people there for to to help me. And I walked in and I'll never forget it. There was one person sitting in a circle of chair, two people. One one was a recently diagnosed old man and the other was the, the advisor that led the meeting. And the old man was looking at the floor. He was down. He was depressed. He had no family, no friends. He was just, he had a recent prognosis that was not good that he believed in. And I started to change this conversation for this man. I said, listen, it's not your diagnosis. It's not your situation that defines you. It cannot define you. You cannot be a failure. People are not failures. Failure is an event. It's not who you are. And so he started to change about how he thought about his current diagnosis. And so just my words, and I don't know what came over me. I mean, it was like something was awakened on the inside of me that all the words, all the motivation, all the inspiration, all the support, all of that stuff just flowed out of me. And it changed how this guy thought about his own situation. And when he walked out of that meeting, and when I walked out of that meeting, we were both changed individuals. And I could tell that I was growing stronger. And I'd use that opportunity to put away the failures and challenges of my past and focus on the opportunities and the purpose for my future. And in that moment, I understood that motivating people and inspiring people to take action on their lives based on what they're able to accomplish by changing their mindset. That, that was my purpose. That was, and that's, that's what I've done through every, I believe any of my uh, career paths is that it doesn't matter what I'm doing. I just want to say, hey, you can you can do better than this. I can believe in you and you can do this. You can put your mind to it. Don't talk to yourself that way. Don't let those thoughts take over your, your thought patterns. And you can change where you are just by delivering messages of encouragement and motivation and strength. And I do that using the power of my voice so that others will find their strength. And that's what's given me the encouragement to do this as a, as a, as a, as a thing. That is so powerful. How did you, because you were mentored by Les Browns, if I'm correct, right? You're part of his program. So how did, how did you even stump, how did you come to stumble across his program and even meet? So 
<laughs> it's interesting, you know, you start something and then when you start to visualize and talk about it and listen to it and read about it and study about it, it starts to become real. It really starts to become real. And this is true for no matter what you're planning or what you do. I encourage any of your listeners, if they want something, write down their goals and recite their goals three times a day and they will have those goals by the end of the year. Just give it a benchmark. So for me, it was a 60 mile one way drive commute to the firehouse. And I would Bluetooth the YouTube uh, videos of Les Brown giving the greatest motivational speeches in the world, in the history of all speeches. And He's very humble, and he says he's one of the top five motivational speakers in the world, but really, he's number one. And so I would develop myself. I would listen, and I would listen, 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 and choose my future by listening to what I would program in my mind. And We're a direct result, whether you realize it or not. All people are a direct result of the programming that they allow to themselves to be subjected to. So if they... If they start the day with, you know, reading the news or watching TV or listening to their broke, boring, you know, really, uh, uh, depressed and, and, and crazy friends. Sometimes we all got crazy friends. It turns out that they're going to be a product of that. And we're a product of, of the programming that we experience in our lives. And, uh, I've made a decision, a conscious decision to program my mind with the best positive, motivational, purpose driven content to be able to further what I'm capable. I started to get a vision and a goal and a dream. And I started to get an understanding of where my future could be if I just change how I think, if I just shut out the negative influences. And there's, and then you, if you look around, if you're not conscious of those influences in life, they will take over. And so I made a decision. I shut off the TV. I shut off the news. I read, I read books. I listened to development, um, programs. And so 60 miles one way each way was my time to get up, up close and personal with the teachings of Les Brown. And then an opportunity came to be into uh, one of his mentorship programs. And I jumped on that as immediately as I could. And uh, and from there, everything just sort of kind of developed. And this is, you know, it's who you surround yourself with. And that's how I got involved in this. Like even one of your mentors, you mentioned Jim Rohn, like he, this one of his most famous sayings is you're a product of your own, of your own environment, right? It's, it's proven. It's a study yeah. done by MIT that you are the, you are the combination of the five closest friends that you hang out with. So, you know, let's say you have nine broke friends. Yes. You're not careful. You're going to be number 10. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to walk like they talk. You're going to walk like they walk. You're going to talk like they talk. So surround yourself with positive influences and watch the change that happens in your life. So start to get a bigger vision of what you're capable of and it will come true. Speak life into it, you know, and I'm here to speak life into you and your audience to tell them that if they haven't heard of what it is that they're possible to do in their life, I'm here to tell them, I'm here to challenge them, start believing it because it is true. I will be that person that pushes them over the edge that tells them that they can do it because if I can do it in my life, anybody can do this. I'm not a good college student. I, I failed out of some college classes. I barely got a degree. You know, I'm a straight C, B student and I had a less than stellar college education. But what I did start to understand is all the things that they didn't teach you in school that are really necessary. You have to self-learn it or be taught through a mentorship. And that's what I decided to do. Well, as a motivational speaker, then what do you believe is one of the biggest factors that hinders many human beings from finding the motivation to maximize their potential? The biggest limiting factor in people's lives is their thought process. Okay. Thought Plain process. and simple. 
plain and simple, their thought process is overwhelmingly, and that's not, it's just a, that's just the hands and the cards that life has given us. We think, it's been proven, neurological scientists have been, have been proving that we think, human beings think 40 to 50,000 thoughts every day. And it's probably studies of upwards of 60 or 70,000 thoughts in a day. And it's been proven that 80, 87% of those thoughts are negative. That's just what life has given us. By the time a, a baby is four years old, that baby has heard the word no hundreds of thousands of times. It starts at an early childhood age that society is telling you what you cannot do and what you're not able to do and what you should do. But it takes a really hard, concerted, focused, conscious effort to be able to understand that maybe that's not true about me. Maybe there's something greater that I can contribute. Maybe there's some skills here that I can do. So you have to make a conscious decision to adjust your thought process into the positive, out of the negative, before you even have a chance to go anywhere, to do anything, to have purpose. So that's what I would say. The number one thing is their their thought process. And then you know, other things like, you know, the people's work ethic. You can have all the great positive thought process in the world, but if you don't put it, you don't put it to the work, faith faith and works is, is dead without the works. You have to put in the work, you know, and 100%. discipline. So obviously we're human beings and sometimes we do hit that unmotivated or we, we hit that phase where we're just so unmotivated. So in, when Rex hits that phase, like what are some ways or methods that you use to re-motivate yourself? Do you have like a morning routine or what are some tools that you use to help engage? Really? Them? Yeah, that's a great question. I mean, really there's a benchmark that I've established that anybody can establish for yes. themselves because we all... We all are under the weather. We're all under the sail. We all get rained on. It's always winter in some people's lives. But all that stuff, for thousands of years, that stuff changes. There's always spring, right? There's always winning after losing. You have to go through the defeat. You have to go through the winter. You have to take the, the bad and understand that the benchmark that you can retreat to, the thing that you can understand to pick you up after you're feeling or while you're feeling those low points in your life, because they will come. There's no doubt about it. People get hit by cancer and the loss, the list of losses, they lose jobs, they lose family members, they lose income, they lose friends, they lose, and some of that is not a bad thing with losing some of the friends. You got to get a better circle of friends. But, you know, what they can do is retreat to a constant benchmark that will never change. And that is to say to themselves, it's possible. Yeah. It's possible that your situation can change. It's possible that you can follow a new career path. It's possible that you can land that promotion. It's possible that you can find a new network of, of friends or, you know, land a promotion or, you know, change a career path, or it's possible that you can lose weight. Any of the struggles that people face, people meet a little bit of resistance, right? And then they give up and then they give up and life will do that. And here's my guarantee. Life will move on you if you don't move on your life. And it's been said before, but I'll say it again, that if your life has no purpose, it's a, it's an insane life to live. So it's, it's definitely at the top of everyone's list to determine what it is their purpose is and to yes. live out that purpose. But by understanding there is a possibility, it starts opening up new doors. It's called uh, cyber kinetics, psycho cyber kinetics. It's basically the understanding that your brain actually changes shape. New neurological pathways open up and your brain will physically start opening up new neurological pathways and new, it'll stretch, it'll grow. It physically changes the, the dimensions of itself just by thinking in that direction. So once you establish those thought processes, 
they continue and they strengthen and then they grow and then they multiply. So it's important to physically think in the right direction because you can do two things. You can think yourself into it or you can talk yourself out of it. And why not focus on the potential that you have by telling yourself, it sucks now, but it's possible that it'll change. And that's always the best, the benchmark that I go to when I'm hit with all everyday life situations is it's possible. Yeah. It's possible. Oh. There's a graduation to that though. See, it goes from being possible to being necessary. Yes. And then your, your life decisions, it's so necessary to focus on your purpose. And after you've made the decision that it's possible and it's necessary, it becomes up to you. And after you make that decision, it's going to get hard. It's going to get hard. But then if you work at it and once you accomplish your goal, it's going to be worth it. And then once it's worth it, that means it's done. So it can go from possible to being done just by going through those stages. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Les Brown taught me that. It is totally amazing. And I find that I, I think as human beings, I'm, I'm not sure if you would agree with me with on this. The biggest gap is from thinking it's possible to making it necessary. Yeah. Now, even I myself, going through my own personal struggles or just going through day-to-day -day things of growing up, I've always found that things are definitely possible, but I've never made it to the point where I made it a necessity for me to achieve these things until, like, you know, finally, like, I, I reach a really low or breaking point, right? So... For you yourself, like, what do you think is one thing that helps, that would help many individuals make it a priority to change it from possible to a necessity? Really, it begins with their thought process. Again, they have to understand the possibilities for their lives. If they don't understand their own value, their own potential, they're never going to make the gap from possible to necessary. Because guess what? Based on life circumstances and the ratio of what will happen to yeah. what could happen, 80% don't care. 20% are glad that it's happening to you. And in the end, if no action on your part is taken, nothing will occur in six years. It's all going to be the same if you don't change. So action is necessary. If you want nothing different for your life, don't do anything different. But if you want change and you want to get to the necessity, you have to determine first it's possible that you can because you have to convince yourself first. <laughs> you have to convince yourself first. And if you can't do that, then... You got to go back to step one, convince yourself of the possibilities for your life. You got to have a larger vision. This is why the programming is so important because you have to find people that are going to support you no matter what, that are going to believe in you, that are going to encourage you. Hey, Aaron, I see you doing this podcast, man. I think you can do really great things. And this is what I think you can do with it. You can monetize it. You can share it. You can impact. You can have impact on a lot of people. Maybe one podcast is searching for one person, one listener that's going to make the radical difference in their lives. Maybe it's this podcast. You know, maybe it's uh, it's your next guest or your previous guest. It doesn't matter, but people are going to believe in you and that's going to take you into the, into the realm from being possible to it's now necessary. It's now necessary what you're doing because it's going to have a massive effect on somebody. Maybe in that effect is you. Maybe doing this podcast is creating something special within you that's showing you things about yourself. You know what I mean? That right there ought to bring you from possible to being necessary. Because if you didn't do this, if you didn't put the headphones on and go on Zoom and send the emails and the links and all the bios, th none of this would be occurring, right? It's necessary that you do it because it's your podcast, right? Next thing you know, you got a podcast. Next thing you know, you got a book deal. Next thing you know, someone wants to make a movie. Next thing you know is this, that, and the other. But you know, the thing to remember is it always has to go from possible to being necessary. And if you can't determine that it's necessary, go back to step one and convince yourself. Find people that will convince you that it's possible. I didn't think I could be a charter fishing guide until somebody said, hey, 
he'd make a good charter fishing guide. I was like, wow, <laughs> we ought to buy a boat and some fishing poles. Then on one of my charter fishing excursions, I was telling my cancer story. And one of my charter guests, they looked at me and said, man, you should be a motivational speaker. <laughs> so I said, you know, until I heard that, I never really thought that about myself. So you got to go up in all your career paths, all your, your passions and your, and your, um, you know, all of your, uh, things that you like to do. You have to determine what it is that you're good at and maybe what you're not good at, but some, someone else thinks you're good at it. And maybe you don't know that about yourself. So that'll, that'll bridge the gap. Sometimes people will see in you. Yes. Where, what you don't see for yourself and find a mentor. A mentor is going to tell you things that you don't want to hear to, get you to do things that you don't want to do in order to get you to a place that you've never been and always wanted to go. And that's so important. Yeah. I want to thank you for sharing that, Rex. For myself too, cancer is something that hits close to home for me. My, my mother's a survivor and she's had to overcome it a couple of times too. So unfortunately, you've had to overcome with this and deal with it. At that stage in your life, what were your sources of persistency and perseverance? Because you also mentioned there were there are a lot of cancer patients where they think, oh, I have cancer and it's I'm done. I'm done for, right? So back if we dial it back when you were facing it prior to the whole fire service and, you know, that change of mindset, like what kept you going? So, you know, it, it, it's tough to really understand that. I think going through it keeps you going. Okay. And then And then finding out, you know, you can't say to life, why me, why me, you know, yeah. life's going to say, well, why not you, Aaron? Why not you? <laughs> you want to give us some names and some email addresses of somebody it should happen to? 80% of the people don't care. 20% of the people are glad that it's happening to you. So, but I started to change my mindset right then and there. Really, another moment was when I was, before I was even diagnosed, I had my, my PET scan and the results came back and the nurse was crying. And I hadn't even read the results. I said, oh man, this can't be good. But since I didn't know any better, I decided right then. So let me read, let me read the, you know, I'll have to send it to somebody who can officially read it. I said, no, give me, give me the piece of paper. I want to read what it says. I can, I got some medical training. I can read the words, you know, I'm a C student. That's good enough. Well, she, she started crying and I said, so it's worrisome for lymphoma. And what does that mean? I have cancer. And she, she didn't answer me. All she did is just start crying. And so I just laughed. I didn't know what to do. I just laughed. And I said, well, that sucks. <laughs> and she stopped crying. She didn't know what to do. She started smiling. And because I, she felt my energy, I just said right then and there, I'm going to beat this mentally before I even do anything physically. And I decided to beat it right then and there. And as soon as you're diagnosed, you're now a survivor. But it was at that moment that it was a crossroads that I determined there's something I, that I, I want, number one, I want to live, you know, so I'm going to yeah. beat this thing no matter what it takes. And so that just kind of put the fighting spirit in, in my, you know, in me and, and just kept me going, you know, but a, a good support network of family and friends is really important that, you know, I really found out some family is not as supportive as some friends and some friends who I thought were friends were really not checking in on me. So are they my friends or not? I don't understand. So you really found out about a, a lot about yourself through going through like that, but it's not really in the end what you go through. It's what you grow through. And so I had to grow through that. I had to grow myself because that was a moment that was defining in my life, obviously. So, uh, you know, I used it to my advantage, man. You got to get out there and get some skin in the game, you know, make it worth something. Don't just roll over and take it. You got to be, you got to tough it out. Get tough. Stay tough. You know what I mean? Life isn't for whiners or complainers. 
So I said, I'm going to beat this thing and I'm going to show other people how to beat it. I'm going to change my mindset. I'm going to get a goal, a dream. I'm going to tell people. I want to impact people's lives by what I did and what worked for me. And that made a difference and it made me stronger. It made me better. I think that, you know, there was a, an ability to, to pour into others' lives, but I turned it around into something to an advantage instead of just saying, this sucks, you know? Mm-hmm. Man, I love this, man. You have me pumped. I'm like pumped. There you go, man. I, you know, you gotta, you gotta get pumped, dude. <laughs> oh, oh, most definitely. And I was gonna ask you, cause you know, there's that saying that goes along the lines like, for every situation, there's both a positive, negative outcome. And it is obviously easier to see the negative outcome and harder to see the positive outcome due to perspective, right? So yeah. would it be fair to say as a cancer patient, you definitely it sounds like you took it you took it from the positive way and you didn't want to look at it from a negative sense. And again, like you said, you, you fought through it, right? So kudos to you for that, man. <laughs> it, it was hard. It was not easy. I don't wish it on anybody, but I, I have, uh, you know, I have grown to understand cancer is the number one feared word in every language on earth, the word cancer. and. By no coincidence, gratitude is the strongest of all human emotion. And when you can start your day with gratitude and going back to your earlier, earlier question about what your, you know, your routine is, starting with a, a center a piece of, of gratitude in life, it can really take you places and really change how you see the world and how the world sees you. So that was, that's a cornerstone of my existence ever since then. Yeah. And I, for myself, I found that with gratitude too having more of an emphasis or focus on it. You started attracting a lot of a lot more different people in life that also have a ton of gratitude too. And it's very interesting. I, I can't explain it. There's probably a science behind this, but like it, it's it, it's as simple it's simple as understanding birds of a feather flock together. You know, and yes. people this is this is the the challenge of people to understand success in their life is what does success really mean? And success is not what most people think it is. And I challenge people to make this understanding of success. And it's the most rational, most to the point, most concise, smartest, logical definition of success that I've ever heard. And it's been given a long time ago by Earl Nightingale. If you want to Google him, he's got a talk on YouTube for understanding this. But it's success is defined as the progressive realization of a worthy ideal. Yes. It's not Instagram likes and Facebook shares and, you know, followers and, and money and fame and all of that. That's why people are so misguided. They, they go and chase those things. They chase the promotion. They chase the success. They chase the, the lifestyle and it eludes them. It yes. eludes them. And so what you think about, you bring about in life. So why not think yourself into success? And that is manifested in my life more when I started thinking that way, because everybody has that negative societal norm counted into their brains for <laughs> years, decades. It's not their fault. It's society's fault. That's how we are. Yeah. And it's, it takes a real conscious effort to tell that part of the world to, to shut up, you know, and F 100%. off. This, this is how it is for me. You can live that way and let me know how that works out for you, but I'm chasing success and that's a worthy ideal. My ideal means that I should have impact on people and everything else comes as a as a all the money all the contracts the book deals the, the the fame and all that stuff is attracted to you because you are now living that purpose oh yeah and you also talk about this in your book the power of mental wealth success begins from within correct uh, yeah like you you dive right deep into it so 
Speaking of that book, then, are you able to share with our listeners, who do you believe should be reading this book and why? Everybody should read this book. It, it was a blessing to me to be able to be published as a co-author in this book with Les Brown. And yeah. again, this is a true testament to where how thinking can change your destiny. Yeah. I thought that I'm going to start aligning myself with positive people. Les Brown became one of them. Then he became my mentor. Then he reached out for another co-author, to uh, Johnny Wimbry and Heather Monahan, to create this book. And I got in on this deal to be able to be one of 20 distinguished published authors to be able to be in this book, focusing on my story, how you can overcome challenges, how anybody can overcome anything in their life by simply changing how they think about it. It's such a powerful tool. It's such a recognized tool. (laughs) What's amazing to me is there's already a book. There's plenty of, there's thousands of books on this. How come everybody is not rich, successful, you know, good looking and and the right weight like how how there's books on everything anything yeah. you want to learn and now this you don't have to go to a library anymore it's all on your smartphone you can just li- pick up a smartphone and the whole world is at your fingertips anything you wanted to know on any topic is in your phone nowadays there's no excuse no excuse at all so if you read a book here's here's my tip on reading if you read a book a month every month in 5 years you will be at the top 3% income earners in the world on that topic because the odds are in your favor that you're the person reading and nobody else reads. That's only 60 books. So pick pick something that you like. Here's the fast track to success. Because of the, because of the obvious ratio of numbers of people who don't do this, put in the work, be disciplined, find your passion, read 60 books on it, and be at the top 3% income earners in the world in five years. Where do you want to be in five years? If you don't do anything, you're going to be where you're at now. You're just going to be five years older. Everybody grows old. And that's the two things that people can't change is time and change. Things are going to change. But if you don't change, nothing will change. Nuggets of wisdom there for you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. So in one part of the book, it kind of goes to the five tenet challenge. Yeah. Can you briefly explain what this challenge is to our listeners? Yeah, it's it's basically just a call to action for people to start getting to the next level in life. Whatever okay. they want to do, whatever challenge that they have in front of, they want to lose weight, they want a promotion, if they want to earn more money, if they want a different career, whatever it is that they want to overcome a health diagnosis, they have to understand there there's a there's a simple process that they could do. All right. It's not a free ticket, it's not a one and done. It takes work to develop yourself, but you have to understand. Number one, rise above mediocrity. There's a level of mediocrity that is that is ruining society, and mediocrity has been said to basically condemn people to living a, a life of fear. Yes, because some people have fear of moving to the next level. They have fear of failure. Fear of people have fear of success. They don't want to do things and and take a challenge because they might do well at it, and they're scared of that. Well, there's only two real fears in life, and that's the a fear of falling and a fear of sudden loud noises. Those are legitimate fears to people. Everything else is contained within the human mind. Fear of spiders, fear of failure, fear of success, fear of anything, fear of not being liked. It's all created. Yes. People are doing that to themselves. So understand that, right? And now you know that, so you can, you can overcome that. But you got to understand that there's another level to your life. And this is where you can rise above that mediocrity. Next thing you do is once you create that level structure of rising to the next level, you have to elevate your standards in order to stay there and go further. So without elevating your standards, you're going to fall back down the ladder and go back to, to mediocrity. 
There's mediocrity and then there's the next level. So you have to rise above mediocrity. The next thing you have to do is elevate those standards and make sure I want better friends. I want better money. You have to be upset. You have to create this distance of where you want to go with where you're at now. You have to create that distance. No distance, no achievement. You have to understand if you don't think that there's a next level, you're going to be at the same level. You have to be upset with where you're at now and never be satisfied and always make the challenge to yourself to elevate your own standards. Next thing you have to do is once you get there mentally and, and you're living that with that kind of a mindset, you have to now put that into practice visually. You have to visualize the absolute best version of yourself. You're not going to be given this. Nobody's giving this out on the street corner. Nobody will give you this. They won't tell you. They won't give you this visualization to see it for yourself. You have to visualize. Visualization is the most important key to getting to the next level after that. Because if you think about it, all inventions, all human achievement in the history of the world has been first created in somebody's mind as an imagination. An imagination, Einstein said, is the preview to what's to come in your life. And so if you imagine that there's a better level, if there's imagine that there's people after you to give you money, to give you sales, and people are buying your brand, they're buying your product, they're taking you to the next level, then you have to, it's gonna, it's not gonna come without visualizing it first. 15 minutes of visualization is more productive than 16 hours of hard labor. So you gotta choose your hard. You gotta choose your hard in life. Either way is hard. The hard, the hardest part is not doing your dreams. It's hard to do your dreams and live your purpose, but the consequences of not pursuing what you can imagine is disaster. And it's not just disaster for you because everybody has a mission in life. It's disaster for the rest of us. And let me explain that. So somebody once said the richest places in the world is not the diamond mines of Africa, right? If you can visualize all the wealth in, in, in the diamond mines of Africa or the oil fields of the Middle East, it's not the richest place in the world. It's not even the richest place in Silicon Valley. The richest place in the world is the graveyard. And that is where dreams were never created. That's where inventions were never invented and benefited to the rest of all of, of human existence. And this is where books were never written. This is where ideas were never shared. This is where passions were never pursued. It's in the ground because people take it to their grades and they don't realize that they have potential to affect all of humankind. It's amazing how people can sit on that talent that they don't realize that they have. Everybody has that. Everybody has that. It doesn't matter how much money you have. It doesn't matter how many people you know. It doesn't matter what education you come from. You can be the worst student ever. Les Brown, my mentor, never had a college training, never, didn't even know his parents lived. He was born on a floor with his twin brother and he was labeled educably mentally retarded through the third grade and then again in the eighth grade. And he kept that stereotype until he met a teacher that said, don't ever call her that. Don't ever say that about yourself anymore. Never let someone's re perception of you become your reality. And that was a turning point in his life because he started to think about what he could do with his life. But that visualization was not created in his mind. You have to visualize it for yourself. Think about what better businesses that you can establish. Think about your idea for a book project. Think about that nonprofit you've been wanting to start. Think about your next podcast. What episodes can you have the most massive effect? The more people you serve in life, the more or the less you will have to ever worry about anything in your life. It's all going to be given to you. So once you rise above mediocrity and you elevate your standards, you visualize the best versions of yourself. Once you visualize, now it becomes a reality. You start living up to your highest potential because now you realize you have worth, you have value. You have to now live up to that high. You've created a benchmark. 
and you've created an, an, an elevated standard and now you just have to live up to that because you've visualized it for yourself. Now you just be that person. You want to be the person that people want to meet. You want to walk around with a smile on your face and you want to emanate that, that heart center, that gratitude, that emotion because people are attracted to that. They like that. You know, you ever heard somebody say, ah, well, he's not working a day in his life because he's just doing what he loves. You never have to work in a day in your life if, you, if you're just doing what you love. Well, why do you think people do that? It's because they <laughs> want to do that because that's who they are, you know? And yeah. once they, once they, and those are people, those are people that are living up to their highest potential because they visualized it, they elevated their standards and they wrote, they made the decision to start the whole process, which is rising above mediocrity. Once they live up to their highest potential, it's time to give a purpose for your potential. What purpose does that serve that you're living your own potential? It's aligning your passion to affect others. And that's how people have massive impact on, on other people, right? If I say, if I say a name, tell me what you think of. Ready? Okay. Michael Jordan. Greatness. Specifically, what sport? <laughs> oh, sorry. Oh, basketball. Like, right? Tiger, all time. Tiger Woods. Great, greatest in golf. Golf, right? Yeah. You know? So you got like one word, uh, one name, and it immediately thinks of an entire sport. Why is that? Because they're the greatest of the greatest of the greatest. They're pursuing their potential. They've made impact. And it's not just that Tiger Woods wanted to be a good golfer or even a great golfer. His goal was to become the greatest golfer that has ever lived or ever will live. Yeah. You know, you have to dominate your field with that kind of intensity to have impact on people. But you don't have to reach for the universe to be able to have impact. You're, if you have that kind of reach for your life, you're going to land among the stars and that's where you could also make a difference. Wow. Rex, thanks for sharing that too. <laughs> that's the five, that's the five tenant challenge. And, and just for our listeners too, they can, you can get this book on Amazon, correct? It's on amazon.com. If they go to my website there, I'll give them a copy for free at book.rexwickcamp.com. Uh, just fill out, just pay for shipping. I'll ship it over to you. I have a bunch of copies here. <laughs> I'll give you a copy of my book and I'll even sign it for you. But yeah, I, I'd love to read, just show how people can produce more value in their lives by believing it, you know, by believing I, that they can. I, I started to believe that I can and I, and I'm published with the world's number one motivational speaker. Yeah. I went from zero to hero. I did it by changing my thinking. I overcame cancer. If I can do it, you can do it. Anybody can do this. Rex, what are you doing? I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. I'm going to serve people and I'm going to do that to the greatest effect possible. And that's my purpose. That's awesome. And for our listeners, I'll be posting all of Rex links in our episode description below. So be sure to check those out. Now, next question I have for you is with your podcast, Ready, Set, Live. What is one of your most memorable episodes you have recorded to date, and can you share why? So, <laughs> one of the most memorable ones was when I, very, I, I first started. I don't know what I was doing. It's COVID. I have, you know, what, what am I doing? I just want to, I just want to talk and motivate people because everybody's going through this challenge of life right now. And so, I just started to. I literally opened my phone and I was on my boat, and I just started talking away at. And, and again, it just it felt like I was rambling, but it was really like just talking purpose into people, talking passion, talking their potential, telling them that there is a greater calling on their life if they would just agree with the higher calling that is telling them, showing them the way. They just have to submit to that calling and follow their purpose. It's not hard. It's not hard. There's a book called Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. If you haven't read it, this book has created more millionaires and billionaires on the world, in the world than any other book. Most millionaires and billionaires attribute their success to the information that is in that book. Mm -hmm. Why hasn't everybody read it? It's, I don't know. The, the birds got them. You just have to, I don't ask anymore. That's just how it is. So 
it's just a, it's just a matter of, you know, understanding where people's purpose and passion is. And Ready, Set, Live is a podcast uh, show focusing on developing people's potential. But the most memorable is usually was one of the first ones that I did. But later on, I did one without a guest. I just opened the Zoom and I just started talking for 32 minutes straight. And after I was done, I took a deep breath and my heart was pounding like, wow, it's, a, it's, the, it's the greatest 32 minutes of motivation. And I listened to that myself. Yeah. I don't like to hear myself talk, but it motivates me hearing my voice by it's, it's reaffirmation into what am I, what am I doing? And that made a big impact on me just by listening to that. Personally, in my perspective, I, I believe your voice is so powerful. Just hearing you talk and thanks, brother. Motivation. Another question I have about your podcast is: if you could have anybody in the world to come onto your podcast, whether if they're from the past or present, who would it be and why? I, I would have to say uh, there, there's a few, but I, I think at the top of my list is uh, Pitbull, the rapper. Oh, that's very interesting. Pitbull. If you're listening, be on my podcast. He's one of my neighbors in the Florida Keys. I'm not oh, going to yeah. say where, but I know him and I share a street on the same, but I've never like had the opportunity to, uh, to meet and, um, and we're big fans of his and he has a, he has a podcast called from negative to positive and he has yes. that positive mentality. He's such a world changer and influencer. Uh, it would be great to have him on, on the podcast just to share ideas about how to grow people and, and create, you know, people for the potential in their lives because he oh, sees yeah. it and understands it. And for our listeners, if, if there's any way we can make this happen, like, please help us out. <laughs> exactly. Now, we're about to wrap up the podcast here, and I have three questions, three more questions I ask every one of my guests. So the first one is, is there one book you would recommend to our listeners that was most impactful to you in your development and becoming who you are today? Now, I know, know that you mentioned Think and Grow Wish by Napoleon Hill. Would that be the book that you would say or default to? Or? No, that's just one of them for operating your mindset into a wavelength of trying to create success and results in your life. But I, if any one book, I would have to say the Bible. The Bible has absolutely, and I'm not, I'm not a perfect person and I'm not, you know, I, I'm not what I'm, what I'm, what I want to be and I'm not what I'm going to be, but thank God I, I'm not what I was yesterday. And yes. the Bible has always been a tool for me to understand how God's purpose in my life has created an impact for not only me and my family, but for those that are surrounded through me. So I have to give glory to God and Jesus Christ. Because that has developed me more than any book on my shelf, actually. Oh, yeah, that's great. And second question I have then is, what does being first generation mean to you? Now, I define first generation as someone that has paved their own path and definition of success on their own terms. No matter the hardships, obstacles, and negativity they had to overcome, they decided to stick with it and pursue it, right? And in our world, I find that many... People walk similar paths, but no one walks the exact same path. So if I was to ask you, what do you believe it takes to be first generation? What do you think that that would be? I think most importantly, it takes an understanding of what that means to you. What does it mean to the individual that is trying to be a first generation anything? If they come from a long genealogical history and family where no one's ever got a college education, and they want to be the first one to be a college graduate, that's what it means to them. It, it, that could, that's what it could mean to them. For someone who has been afflicted by certain, you know, I don't know, like obesity uh, is another one, or, or, or type 2 diabetes or for controlling their blood sugar through hereditary means, you know, if they want to be first at anything in their life, they have to make a conscious decision to be that, be what it is that, that they want to go after. But most people don't take the time to think about what they want in life. They just wake up, go to work, go home, and do it again the next day, and do it again the next day. They do 40 hours a week for 40 years, and they retire at 40% of their salary, and that 
They're still trying to do that, and that is an industrial age philosophy that does not work anymore. If 20-year-old Instagrammers can make YouTube videos and make $10 million a year without college or any training like that, it's a new world. You know, but they have to define what it means to be first generations for themselves. What does that mean? What do they want to be first at? They want to be the fastest runner. They want to be the highest jumper. They want to be the most money of their whole family. Like what it is that they want. So in order to do that, they have to define what it means for them. Okay. And last question I have for you is where can we find you on social media? Where can we find more details about Captain Rex Whitcamp and your work online? <laughs> I'm at rexwitcamp.com. I have a full website and okay. uh, several others. I, I do have a media company that you had mentioned and through my love of the aquatics and the digital realm, uh, it's aquaticdigitalmedia.com. Okay. Um, also, I have uh, several other things. If you just Google my name, you should have some information on me. And, you know, YouTube, I, I started a YouTube channel and, and start to grow that the podcast. The Ready, Set, Live podcast is all over, you know, um, Apple Music, um, Spotify, and it pushes out through Spreaker to all the different channels. I am on uh, Instagram at capt.rexwitcamp. That's usually a good place to, to find me. It's just easiest and uh, browse quickly throughout the day. But then on Facebook, I, I usually don't try to get on Facebook just to let it push the, the media to my uh, business page. But uh, LinkedIn, I'm also on LinkedIn, you know, so okay. they can find me on LinkedIn as well. If they want to professionally, you know, approach you there, that's fine. But, uh, yeah, shoot me a message and let me know how I can serve you or, you know, discuss your passions. I'm also on Teachable. I have a full set of courses online through teachable.com at the Real Life University. That's R-E-E-L, like fishing, fishing reel. Okay. Real Life University. And I just developed a, a list of courses that people can, uh, take that are mini courses. They're not long, intensive courses to just help them further their agenda for developing their greatness. You know, how to believe in yourself, how to rise above mediocrity, the five challenge, tenant challenge, the, the progression of the progression of how thoughts can create their destiny. You know, just little mini courses that, that can help people, really cheap and expensive stuff that, that can serve people well. Awesome. Go all those places. Yeah, and for our listeners again, all of Rex's links will be put in the episode description down below. So be sure to check those out. And Rex Thank you so much for coming on the show. No problem, Aaron. It's been a pleasure. Hope you enjoyed the show. You can follow us on Instagram and subscribe to us on YouTube at First Generations Podcast. For any questions, comments, and inquiries, please reach out to Aaron at firstgenerationspodcast.com. That is A-A-R-O-N at firstgenerationspodcast.com. Stay tuned for the next episode.